libin the intro. Uh, 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 where's the line? <laughs> Welcome to Autism on Shift. This is Adam and Thora, and we're glad you joined us again. Or for the first time. Welcome back. Or welcome. Or. Click, click. <laughs> Today we are talking to Chucky. Chucky works at a national cemetery and is a program support specialist. Did I do that right? No, I didn't. Program support assistant. Assistant, ow. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, we do that a lot around here. Um, Mess up. That's how we roll. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So tell us about your job. Yeah, please. And welcome. Yes, hi, welcome. Thank you. Um, So I am a... Program support assistant at a national cemetery. I do, among other things, um, ordering the headstones for the veterans that come in. I review cemetery representatives' paperwork. I work as a direct assistant to the cemetery administrator, who is one step below our director. Uh, so I'm climbing the ladder slowly. Nice. I've been there six years. I started as a part-time cemetery representative. And at 32 in six years, I'm now a program support assistant. So Fantastic. I've gone up quite a few steps very fast. You must be good um, at I've job. only been doing it about six months. The first Ooh. project right out of the gate was um, calling everyone who could not have an in-person service Oh yeah. during the uh, COVID shutdown. We were just doing, all cemeteries were just doing direct burials. Yeah. So when we opened back up to full services, I'd call about 815 families. Wow. And uh, reschedule their memorial services. No, no, <laughs> about four weeks. That's actually pretty good, considering. I'm, I'm, I'm very uh, organized, which I know is weird for somebody with uh, Ashburgers. I have a pendant for uh, whiteboards and lists. Nice. And sticky notes. Sticky notes. <laughs> sticky notes. A beautiful mind. Sticky notes, like a whole room full of sticky notes. Full of sticky notes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nice. Which is why I went to the whiteboards because the sticky notes kept falling off. So. <laughs> well, it's like it's expensive. A whiteboard, you can get one and just keep it going yeah. over and over again. Well, and they yeah. stopped making them sticky too. Back in the day, they used to be sticky. Now they don't. They like cheap out. Yeah. They're not sticky anymore. Yeah. What's oh, up with I that? just got a new for? one for my office, and it's like eight foot long and four foot high. And they're like, "Why do you need that?" And I was like, "I just need it. I I don't need to tell you why. I just." Need it yeah. for my work. Don't worry about yep. it. If, you if want- I want a four foot by eight foot uh, <laughs> board, then I'm getting a four foot by eight foot board. That's all there is to it. Mm. At the end of it, just you want eight hundred and fifteen families rescheduled, <laughs> then I get a four foot by eight foot whiteboard. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 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 ridiculous. The damn thing's bigger than I am. <laughs> um. But yeah, so I do um, I do formatting of headstones, uh, disinterments. I'm learning. What is that? Uh, that is surprisingly um, moving 
somebody from one place to another. Okay. Ooh. Which why do happens need to do a that? lot more than you think it yeah. does. What would be the um, what would be a reasoning? The most common reason is um there are a hundred and fifty eight national cemeteries. Okay. Um in the National Cemetery Administration. Alright. Um some rural areas only have one in like the whole state. Uh you have some that like Massachusetts only has one. Okay. Um they just opened another one in New York. There's like nine in Florida. There's I mean it all depends on the population. Okay. So if your loved one was buried at say a national cemetery in nineteen ninety, early two thousand. Yeah. And then they decide to open one within like ten miles of your home. I gotcha. Oh. They can so have- people will yeah, they'll be like, Hey, I wanna move my loved one from this national cemetery to the one that's closer. Yeah. And they can actually go and visit the yeah. the site. That, that, that makes sense. Yeah. I like um, that a lot. Are there, may I, I ask, are there, uh, and I know, you know, uh, I imagine with veterans, you'll have a, a huge array of different religious um, affiliations. Um, are there religious kind of uh, parts to the that? The National Cemetery, Cemetery Administration has 74 available religious emblems. Wow. Everything Whoa. from everything from the Christian cross, which is what you think of, you know, the normal cross that everybody gets, um, to we have the Melnor, which is the hammer of Thor. We have the Wiccan <laughs> Pentacle. Nice. Uh, we got the Druid Awen, which awesome. I'm very excited about, which means I have something for my stone now. Fantastic. Very good. Um we just got like a text heart and uh, a guardian angel. We've got praying hands. We've got Islam. We've got Jewish. We've got Masonic Jewish. Um, it's yeah, seventy four available religious emblems. That's awesome. And it's glad to hear. Constantly it. getting updated. Well, that's great. It should be. Guy. That's great. Yeah, back in the eighties, you had like three options. I was gonna you say, I thought first- it was like three or four, right? Yeah, you had the Christian, Christian cross, the Buddhist the, wheel, and, and the, the Jewish, Jewish star. star. Star of David. Wow. Yeah. Yep. That's... Uh... And I knew from the pictures of, you know, national cemeteries in the past, that's what it looked like. You know, you had mostly crosses, and, yep, there was one Jewish, uh, the one star of David. And, like, yep. <laughs> I don't think i ever seen the uh, the other one, honestly. Yeah. What was the what was it the Buddhist, the Buddhist wheel? Yeah. Buddhist wheel. I don't think I've actually seen one in uh, any pictures, but yeah, we actually just had our first um, veteran interred with the Melnair, the Hammer of Thor. Nice. Awesome. And uh, I you ordered know, his Thor. I was excited about that one. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I uh, I uh, went and ordered his stone the other day, and I'm like, I can't wait to see when this comes in. I'm I know. Right now. I want. I want to see it so bad. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Take lots of pictures for us. Yeah, and, you know, I'm, you know, you know, blur out the names yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. But man, I got nothing to say. <laughs> <laughs> so, so tell us what um, 
what you like most about your job. I know this is, you know, since this is a fairly new, you said six months, right? In this position. Yeah. Um, is there anything that you stands out to you that you really enjoy about it? Uh, as opposed to what you've been doing in the past? Um, well, I was a cemetery representative before, so I, um, I had more direct contact with the families before. Yeah. Now I kind of sit in the office and just like do paperwork. Now is that day. better or worse? Um, you? I mean, I have Asperger's, so I have the, uh, the problem of being able to read people, sure. but I've done nothing but mortuary science my entire adult life. So being able to um, interact with families, I actually miss it. Okay. Which I know is kind of weird, all things considered. We still want connection. But, um, the thing with uh, grieving, like when you meet somebody who's not grieving, um, they have the full spectrum of emotions. Yeah. And I know that you guys probably have the same issues with, you're like, are you mad at me? Or, <laughs> like, like, the situation? Do you want an answer? Are you looking for a rant? Like, like <laughs> I, I don't, just I don't that understand. Conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did, yeah. actually. It's one of those, uh, I don't understand what's going on. Somebody tell me what you're feeling because I don't know. Yeah. Um, I'm also bipolar type two. Okay. Um, and I have severe PTSD as well as hearing loss. So I, uh, I have a real hard time gauging where some, a normal person is, in their emotions like yeah. unless they are actually crying i'm i'm gonna give you a solution yeah you're you're good right problem. <laughs> um so with grieving people there's only a few ways they can go yeah so you're gonna have the to person yeah you're gonna have the person that's gonna be uh you know the loud crier the hugger of the casket you're gonna have the person that it's just angry, yeah. just mad about everything. You're going to have that person. Yeah. You're going to have the, the one that is stoic is, you know, is silent. And within the first couple of minutes of meeting these people, you know where at. You, yeah, you can judge where they're going to go. Yeah. And for somebody like me, that made mortuary really, I don't want to say nice because that sounds Crass. I don't think it sounds crass. I, but it, it we're made about it easier how, for me yeah. to, you know, deal with what was needed from me. Because if you're angry, then I know, oh, okay, you're going to be an angry griever. That's fine. I know how to handle that. Yeah, it's important to know how to interact with your job. and uh, Absolutely. It's, and, that's, and that is helpful. That makes a lot of sense, honestly. So I learned over the years, I graduated high school in 2007 and enlisted in the military. So since 2007. Okay. So I was a uh, mortuary affairs specialist first, and then I got hurt and I got out and I became a cemetery rep. <laughs> but, uh, 
that that's really what I miss the most. Um, I do a lot of paperwork now, like grammar checking. <laughs> Which, I mean, that's, that's right I'm, up my alley. I was going to say, that's something she would like, and yeah. I would absolutely despise that aspect of the job, honestly. Like, I, I love it. I'm not going to lie. I do. Um, nice. <laughs> our uh, privacy officer sent an email, and his uh, he had, like, a question on how we would handle specific things. Okay. And uh, I I kind of went off on left field because it said securely and then his, you know, his little signature block. And securely was part of his signature block, but it was spelled <laughs> wrong. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so instead of answering the question, I sent him back and I was like, securely spelled wrong. And then he's like, can you just answer the damn question? Like, actually, I really can't. Uh, not until it's spelled correctly. Sorry. <laughs> I was like, you, you gotta fix it. You're driving me insane. Yeah. Um. Yeah. <laughs> you know what's funny is so, I, I I don't care too much about specifically words in general normally, but if something like that. It, that will stick out to me, and I will. I it'll you get bother. Stuck on oh it. my god, it'll bother me so much. I mean, my ticks go off. I'm just like, oh, I yeah. can't. Uh, I'm usually block. like a number, or yeah, but uh, that would that would absolutely bother me. Hell, man. Yeah, I am curious because I know you said out of high school you uh, you went into the military. Going into the military, did they train you for the type of work that you do now, or was how does that work? So, Mortuary Affairs uh-huh. is actually the smallest MOS in the United States Army. Is There's it? about wow. 250 people that did my job okay. at any given time. Did you uh-huh. get to choose it? Uh, I actually chose it. I was qualified for any job that a woman could do in the military when I joined. Okay. Awesome. And nice. uh, I, uh, I wanted to be a vet when I was very little. And I grew up on a farm. Nice. And I realized very quickly that uh, I enjoy animals more than people. Okay, fair. <laughs> um, people say that, that about, uh, after they meet us. They say, you know what? We like our animals better than you guys. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> but uh, so Mortuary Affairs, like, I, I chose it and... Um, yeah, I went through all the training and everything, and I already had an associate's degree, but I went in as a private, me one, um, because I wanted to know what it was like to be on the bottom of the totem pole. Good. I'm one of those autistic people that I have to, uh, I have to be in charge. Yeah. I do better when I'm in charge. If if someone's like giving me taskings, uh, especially audio taskings, I have a real hard time. I feel you on that one. Me you know, too. so they'll be like, I need you to do like A, B, C, D, and E, and I'll be like, Okay, I'll get B and E done, and then I'm like Fuck, what were the other ones? Yeah. They could just tell me those <laughs> yeah. other ones when I'm done. How's that? Yeah, like, so, you know, I um, I definitely do better kinetic writing things down. 
Yep. Um, Hence the whiteboards. The the whiteboards <laughs> and the lists. I I have lists of like everything. Yeah. <laughs> I have told my supervisor quite a few times that I need instructions in writing. And you would think that was not a difficult thing to do considering I work remotely. And she is She's across know, the country from me. We well, talk three times a week for maybe fifteen minutes. And the fact that you're out as autistic, so you said specifically these are things that I need help yes, with. You know, like. I need my instructions in writing. And I got in trouble today again for not following an instruction that was given to me verbally. Verbally. Serious how many times do I have to say it? How many times Email is so trouble? easy. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I got in trouble for um, not being nice to our internal customers. You know your your coworkers. Yeah. yeah. Again. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely again. <laughs> um, so I beat out a bunch of older males. For my current position. And uh, none of them are really happy about it. Shock. Yeah. Completely, <laughs> totally shocking. You know, patriarchy being alive and well and everything. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> can I just say, you go, girl. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> Thank you. So, I went undiagnosed for years. I was 24, almost 25 by the time I got diagnosed with both the Asperger's and then uh, bipolar type 2. So I had already developed all these coping mechanisms on how to deal with everything that was going on in my head. And um, genetically speaking, it's not just that my left and right hemispheres don't communicate effectively. Um, it's actually the same thing that gives my sister the seizure disorder, but mine's not as bad. Interesting. Oh. So mine's like a, a misfire between the two. So like when I was in college, you know, the, the classes in college are, are very specific. It's not like high school. You know, if you're in English in college that's that's it that's all you're doing you know if you're in a math class that's all you're doing and um my first semester i took six classes summer semester and worked two jobs because apparently i'm insane <laughs> as i was waiting for my leave date for the military um i graduated early so i couldn't join right away and um, I actually had to take to listening to classical music in one ear during, like, left brain activities, you know, science, math, stuff like that. And then for literature, art, things of that nature, I listened to physics lectures. Interesting. Wow. Okay. And that, that was the only kind way I could stay That's interesting. focused. It, it's actually funny within the um, the federal government, as you move up, um, you generally have to have 52 weeks at the lower grade 
So it's it's a step scale. So like if you're going for a four position, you have to have fifty two weeks as a three. Okay. And the first time I tried out for my current job, I did not have fifty two weeks. Uh, I was just shy. So even though I passed the resume and all that other stuff, basic qualifications, I didn't get an interview. Oh no. And um. And my dad had helped me with the resume and everything because dad was very much a Ravenclaw, the only <laughs> one in the family. I'm a Slytherin. My husband's a Hufflepuff. <laughs> and my sister and mom are both Gryffindors. Uh, <laughs> uh, yes, because we're that generation. <laughs> Everything's Harry Potter. <laughs> um, <laughs> as you can tell by my Slytherin theme library that the audience can't see. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's glorious, by the way. Yes, indeed. <laughs> yes. It's, uh, it's been a dream of dad's and I for a long time. He didn't get to see it finished, but it's nice to have it done now. But uh, oh, I blinked. See, this is why I have whiteboards. Yeah, I do it all the time. Well, maybe you- I can cut in here, and because you were touched on kind of the next thing in the in the outline, which yeah. is the interview process. Absolutely. So you, when you finally did get the interview, how did that go? What was that like for you? Um, in all honesty, for fairness, the federal government generally does um phone interviews. So, um, is that better or worse for you? Because I know that would suck for me. Um, I prefer in person, but like I said, I've worked my way up, so I've done quite a few of them. Right on. Uh, the very first interview I ever did for the part time cemetery representative job, I did it in my parents' front yard. On my cell phone with a cigar in my hand and nice. a glass of scotch. Nice. <laughs> That's awesome. So, um, like, this time I, I happened to be at work when they uh, did the interview. And um, they, of course, give you time to, you know, do the interview. And you had a glass so of scotch our... and a cigar in your hand. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I wish. So uh, I was in the, I was in the conference room. And I had my cell phone on me, and I had my headphones in. And uh, it's three-part questions. And as you guys can tell, I have a problem with uh, audio. So I've developed this really screwed-up shorthand that nobody can read. Okay. Nice. Um, or taking notes, because you guys probably have the same problem where you think faster than your hands can move. Yep. So I've developed this like bastard shorthand between what my 80 year old grandmother taught me and like weird symbols. And I, I mean, like if you look at it, it looks like something off of like Star Trek. Nice. It's, <laughs> it, it makes no sense to anybody else. Super secret spy code. Yes. <laughs> Like, I don't know if you've seen those old school stenographers, old school, old school stenographers before they had like, you know, like a typewriter style. Yeah. Style. I I cannot make that word happen. (laughs) The typewriter style deal. 
they had like this... I actually have a typewriter style keyboard. Cool. Because I need and it lights up. Oh, that's, oh awesome. that's awesome. Are you a gamer? Because I need the tactile response of the keys. Yes. Otherwise it feels like because I'm not physically writing with paper, I can't, you know, press down. So I found out that I had to get the uh, typewriter style keyboard to uh, get me to pay attention to what I was doing on the keyboard. Otherwise, my mind wanders. That is amazing. I am super impressed by how self-aware you are. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you come up with good ideas to help you through uh, anything that you have going on. I think it's awesome. That is, I can't, I mean, it's, it, I can't imagine being so self-aware that I could know my needs before I knew what they were. Like, that's how it looks like uh, it works for you. And that's super impressive. Yeah, you're pretty oblivious. That's why you piss everyone off. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, I, I, um, I like black and white. Black and white makes me happy. Right. So I started going to bars. With a notebook and a pen, and I would sit at the end of the bar all night, my little notebook, drinking my whiskey, just watching people and like jotting down notes. Like, oh, well, this girl is in a group of five, and they're all drinking this, and then this dude approaches her. And he isolates her from the group, kind of like a lion with a gazelle. And I felt very much like Jane Goodall watching the apes. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I can see You know, that. just just trying to figure out what the the dynamic I was missing was. Yeah. So um, you know, being as autistic, well, Asperger's as I am, um I quickly realized that past a certain level of uh, inebriation, it doesn't really matter what you look like or what you're wearing. Um, it, it's it's more about uh, well, sex. So sure. in, in, instead of um, you know playing all those games, yep. I'd find the hot guy. I'd walk up to him and I'd be like, hi, I'm Chucky. Wanna fuck? <laughs> Brilliant. Nice. <laughs> Nine times out of ten, you know? <laughs> like, that's how I got my first date. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And you, Let me, I'm taking you, notes. Yeah, stop taking notes. <laughs> You've been together 19 years now. You don't need to go back to school. <laughs> But yeah, it, it was uh it was hilarious. It's just like um I I didn't understand, you know, how to be feminine. And um I actually had a drag queen teach me how to be feminine. That's such I mean that you know, I could see that I mean, makes sense. Actually, that's really funny. They uh he was a good friend of mine. I call him my uh my mother and um and I'm not trying to offend anybody in the LGBTQ community. Um, he was a battle buddy of mine. It was back under the don't ask, don't tell. 
Right. You know, when you couldn't be openly gay in the military. And, uh, yep, he took me to the mall. He taught me all about clothes and makeup and shoes and purses. And I did that for Thora. He does. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I can't dress myself. I have no clue. And the only way I can walk out of the house looking like a semi-human woman is I take Adam to the store with me, and he tells me what looks good on me. I have no idea. Yeah, I wear all black <laughs> all the time. All right. I'm a hardcore goth. You can't tell by the bat shirt I'm wearing. Nice. Um, I have a uniform. Now, it's very different every day, but it is exactly the same. And here's how. It is a t-shirt and a wrap skirt. But they're all different. Yeah. Yes. They're all made from uh, recycled saris. <laughs> that is cool. Okay. Yes. And she and she's got a, a lot of them. I I see that. I thought it was holy crap. I thought it was wall art. Yeah, that, it is uh, now. <laughs> yeah, well, we made it. We made it part of the, part of the wall art. It's in the it's in the corner of the room as uh, as art to our yeah room. It's, that's my uniform, so I can look put together without having to think about how to put myself together. I like that you call it a uniform. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, that's very the, telling, isn't it? <laughs> it is the same thing every day. That's why I like it. No, I mean, I get it. I, I wear a uniform every day, too, because I go to work. And it's, <laughs> it's the same. It's like an Inspector Gadget closet. I have the same pants and the same shirt that I wear. <laughs> and, and I have um, I have the problem where I have one navy blue suit. Okay. And uh, everything else is black, and I think I have maybe two charcoal gray. But uh, if... If my husband moves my navy blue suit in the closet, I cannot tell what freaking color it is. Uh -huh. So then I'm on the back porch with a piece of white paper going, is this blue or is this black? Like, I can't tell. I can help. tell a difference. He thinks he can, but he can't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For context, all four of us, we have two kids. All four of us are autistic. Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, our, our yeah. Um, so we got the coolest family uh, out there <laughs> ever. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I don't want to brag or anything, but yes, uh, do. I do. Right. <laughs> well, like, um, I'm 32 now. My husband is six years younger than I am. I'm a bit of a cougar. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, I met him when he was 19. Poor kid. <laughs> he didn't know what he was getting into. Yeah, he didn't stand a damn chance. Um, and uh, he is very affectionate. He's very much a feeling kind of person. Yeah. And um, like even within our relationship, because I don't understand social cues so well. Um, so like if he comes home and he had a particularly rough day, you know, as well as I do that when somebody comes to you with a problem, being on the spectrum, your first thing is, okay, 
how do I solve this problem? Absolutely. Right? <laughs> Why else okay. would someone come to me with a problem? <laughs> exactly. Why are you going to, you know, yell at me for 30 minutes about whatever it was if you're not looking for a solution to your problem? Like, Duh. I don't get it. Whatever. <laughs> so, um, in the early days of us dating, uh, there, there was a lot of... Um, like, he'd rant, and then he'd get upset because I'd offer a solution. And he'd be like, that's not what I want from you. I just want you to listen to me. And I'm like, okay. So, we've developed the, uh, anybody in the family, in the clan, in the coven, when they come chunky with a problem, you know, it's first question out of my mouth. Are you looking for a solution? Or do you just want me to listen? Nice. Because then it sets the baseline for what they are expecting from me. Yeah. You know, if you just need me to be an ear, you know, to listen to whatever it is you've got going on, I can do that. But if you're looking for a solution, I know that I need to listen intently I need to get past all the anger and everything to develop a working solution. And again, I'm not an audio person. So if it is a solution, it's, you know, I've got to really, really pay attention to what you're saying to me. So a lot of the emotion gets edited out. Yep. Nice. So, you know, till you come down to the base problem. Yep. See, now, if I could do that ahead of time, we we would be, it would make it a lot easier for, I think today, the words out of my mouth, and probably with this same inflection is, what do you want from me? Yeah, it's pretty much that. <laughs> of course, later on, it was realized, like, I don't know what I want from you. I just need to figure it out as we go along, so... But yeah, it's- and it, it's crazy. Um, like, like I mentioned, I, I have a post-traumatic stress disorder, and mine's complex because it comes from multiple sources. I have a uh, service dog for it, and uh, I actually write down on the calendar my trigger days. Oh, that's you smart. know, so they're um. They're on the calendar. They're highlighted in red. They know that for like three days before and three days after, I'm going to be all over the place. I'm going to be angry. I'm going to be, you know, whatever it is. And they can anticipate it so they don't see that change in me as something that they did or said. Yeah. And they can hide the sledgehammer. Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. Because when you're dealing with somebody that's non-typical, whether it's, you know, trauma-based, autism-based, bipolar, uh, depression, anxiety, people don't realize that the, the big problem is the way we perceive the world is not the same as the way a typical person perceives the world. Right, absolutely. Yeah. So you have to be your own best advocate. 
if you don't understand what your issues are and you can't own them, how are you supposed to do anything? Right. Yep. That's well put. Absolutely. I love it. I, I mean, I lost my son at 18 months. He was 18 months old when he died. I met my husband six months after he died. Our first date, I laid everything on the table. Everything. Wow. The tours overseas, the the PTSD, all of it. And it was basically, this is what I come with. You can, you know, be on this journey with me or we can shake hands now and have a nice life. Wow. And, and people don't understand that. You know, they... They want to water themselves down, uh, especially women. We grow up in a society that says, from the minute you hit kindergarten, you hit kindergarten, you inevitably have that one boy that picks on you, right? Pulls your ponytail, flicks you, whatever it is. Oh, he What's likes you. Yes. Ugh. Yes. The, oh, he yeah, likes you. With that. No. No. You are teaching your daughters from infancy that it's okay to be less than right. who they are. Yeah. To be less than. To, to put themselves in a box that they don't fit in because that's what society says we should be. Or to accept abuse as if it were love. Love. Right. My mother was not like that. My mother is not like that. My mother and father were very much, if somebody crosses that line, you have our full permission to throat punch them, and then we will go argue with your principal and get you ice cream afterwards. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and, and people don't realize that. It, it's like the same thing with... um. You know, kids when they're young, they want to um, dye their hair with colors. They want to experiment with weird fashion choices. And the parent is so focused on what that says about them. What does it hurt to let your eight-year-old streak her hair blue with Kool-Aid? Right. What? What? what <laughs> What does it hurt? Yeah, as we look at each other, because our son has dyed his hair every color from this pink I'm currently wearing. Which was his first color. Was No, was pink his first color? I think it was. And he was he was probably eight. He, he had his hair dyed for about three years straight, I yeah. think it was. And Many different colors. And pink, too. And everybody was like, why do you want pink for a boy? He's like, I like He's it. He's like, it's pink. I don't care. Yeah. What's your problem? Yeah. We're like, yeah, yeah. what's your problem? <laughs> and And, you know, when... You enter the workforce from the time you enter the workforce to the time you retire, you you have to live within the social construct. Yes. You have no choice. It is. If you want any kind of career that has job security where you make some actual money and you want, you know, have a nice lifestyle in America, you have to conform. 
Yeah. Well, well we're, me... we're actually meeting a lot of people who refuse and they are self-employed. Yeah, absolutely. And we're about half and half with our interviews so far. Half people that, you know, they do the conformity because it's required of us. And then others that are like, you know what? I can't. I just can't. I just can't I, do it. They yeah. would get to a boiling point and they're like, I just can't function that way anymore. And so, I'll actually I'll actually ask you since it's on the outline too, since we're talking about that and you get to that point, um, you know, do you have a place, uh, you have a place where you don't want to conform and like, kind of what's your, what's your like ultimate job? If you could create one, do you know what that would be? Because you seem pretty self-aware. So I'd be curious to know what that would be for you. Okay. All right. So <laughs> there's two. Prior to me being injured, my uh, my whole left side from my military service and uh, being injured overseas is damaged to the point where my dream job is no longer an option. Okay. I cannot physically do it. Um, I wanted to be a medical examiner. Okay. I got to do a lot of autopsies while I was in the military. I've wanted to be a medical examiner since I was eight years old. I love everything with death, dying. I mean, I put the fun in funeral. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> However, in the uh, political climate of the last few years, I'm only 32, so I'm, I'm not able to run yet. Uh, so we have four more years before I'm old enough to run for president. And uh, <laughs> it's a shot in the dark, but I, I would love to be in the White House. I really would. It's, nice. it's I know it sounds crazy, but I... I you got my vote. I she's mean, going against Amanda. What was the a laureate, the uh, poet laureate? Uh, uh, Amanda Gorman? Yeah. Yeah. So you yes. know, you're gonna have some oh, you're gonna have some fighting. Amazing. Nope, Amanda Gorman will not be old enough in four years. Oh, she's eight years. Yeah. Okay. So let's wrap this up with because uh, you have you have a lot of good opinions. I, would, it, would you have any uh, you have anything else that you'd like to share with the audience before we we head on out here? Any last any last good words to to bestow upon us? If you are on the spectrum or you have any kind of non-typical, whatever it is, do not let people put you into the box that they say you fit in. Do your own research. Find out what works for you. I mean, we live in an information you can access anything. Yeah. Go on, learn what your personality type is for the Myers Briggs test. Mm -hmm. Learn what your love language is. You know, figure out who you are. And when you are comfortable with who you are and somebody comes at you with some BS, just. Chuck it in the bucket, bucket, and move on. <laughs> nice. Well done. Nice. Well, I, I want to say uh, thank you, Chucky, very much for being with us today. We enjoyed it. This has been a fun experience. <laughs> yeah, I had a blast getting to know you and talking with you. Thank you so much. You guys are welcome. Y'all have a nice evening. Right on. Hey, if that was fun for you. It was fun for me. 
Oh, you're talking to our guests? Yes. Go on. Listeners. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, we'd like to talk to you um, about your job. Yeah. Come to carveresumes.com. Uh, go to the contact link, link, form, button, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, fill it out. Name, email, and uh, just say, you know, uh, like to be on the podcast. Uh, any job, doesn't matter what your job, we'd just like to have you. Please join us. Yay. Bye. Bye.